So I came from a family of alcoholism. And um, in my house, uh, my mom, my first mom, birth mom was an alcoholic. And then she left us as children. And then my dad married another alcoholic who sat in a chair and drank and took prescription drugs all day. And uh, I was the mom. And so as I was growing up, you know, she started giving me pills. And um, I, I was driving her around when I was 14. And she wanted me to drink with her. So I started drinking. And then um, 15, I was working and then drinking. And then 16, I was, you know, raising the, her and the kids and drinking. Mm -hmm. And then... Um, so I moved out, and then I um, then I got pregnant. So I uh, didn't drink. I was like, I uh, mm -hmm. I said I'm not drinking, and so then um, so I got pregnant, and then um, that dad didn't want the baby, so I left him, and then um, I moved out on my own, and I was working. And raising my baby and then I uh, uh, met an alcoholic <laughs> and then um, so he drank enough for everyone so I didn't need to drink I still didn't know I was an alcoholic or that it was in my genes and then um, so I uh, got pregnant again and then I or I got married and then I got pregnant and then I uh, had two kids and I was married to a chronic alcoholic and uh, he was an Indian that drank whiskey and um, I got abused, you know, um, he was, I was a battered woman and then um, at about 23 I decided my life sucks, I don't want a part of that and so then I, um, thought about divorce so I went down and I got a separation legal separation and then he just kept um bothering me so I kept throwing him in jail throwing him in jail throwing him in jail and then um I went then I moved and um so I started seeing another alcoholic <laughs> it's all crazy but um and then um so I always worked two jobs and supported my kids by myself. So then I decided to get a job at a bar. Well, there's where my drinking started. So I got finally, after three years of going to court, going to court, going to court, I got a divorce. Mm -hmm. So then, and um, then when I was dating this guy who was an alcoholic, he said, I can't get a job at a bar. So I did. So uh, at when I was working at the bar, my boss was giving me all the alcohol I wanted. And well, I drank beer. And then, so I was drinking out my job and waiting tables at, at my work. And then at the end of the night, I would bring a couple cases of beer home. And probably the first year or two, you know, I was handling it. Um, not drinking all the time. I worked at the bar Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. And then um, 
I, uh, somewhere in the next couple of years, it started getting out of control, and then I was having parties at my house, um, going to parties. Then my life was being consumed by alcohol. Yeah. And um, then um, the next couple of years, um, it got kind of crazy where I was still in physical fighting. I went from being beat to start beating people up. And um, usually I fought guys. And then, um, so life was getting really crazy. And um, then I, again, I thought, what a life, you know. And then I started uh, still working at that bar. I drove, drove drunk. And um, the cops stopped me. And I was like, hey, I got to drink and drive because I got to drink at work and I got to drive. <laughs> you know? And uh, so the cops were like, no, you can't drink and drive. So I got my first DWI. And then uh, um, and I got arrested. And then um, my brother bailed me out of jail. My brother was an alcoholic. And my brother bailed me out of jail. And then I was at, I was thinking it was like, this is crazy, you know. Mm -hmm. Abby. So um, then, um, then I was getting ready for a party and I'd only had a six pack and I was driving a truck that the brakes was not good. And so I'm flying up on this corner because I'm in a hurry. I got to go get dressed mm -hmm. to go to the bar. So, and, and I crashed and I smashed into this brand new pickup and uh, got arrested again and went to jail. Wrecked my truck and then I was just like, you know, at that point where my mind was so sick, I was just like, this is life, you know, it happens. I kept saying that. Mm -hmm. And um, I was telling the cop, I haven't had very much drink. I only had six pack. He's like, well, you're over the legal limit, you know, you're getting a DWI. So there goes my second DWI. So then, um, well, then I didn't know it, but I still had my driver's license on my person, mm -hmm. but he called them in and they had been revoked. He goes, you can't drive on a revoke, that's jail time too. I'm like, you go to jail for driving on a revoke? Because I mean, mentally I was sick. You know, alcoholism, my my thinking was insane yeah. at that time. Because I'm thinking that's just life and it's all normal, but <laughs> that ain't. So um, then I'm, um, I wanna say, Two weeks later, I got another DWI. This is DWI two in Missouri and one in Arkansas. And I'm thinking, okay, this is crazy. Well, one of the things I looked back when they was pulling me out of the car, I looked back at my daughter's face. And I mean, just devastating look on her face. And she was like six, seven. She wasn't very old. And they're taking me to jail and I'm like, what's, gonna happen to my kids you know because yeah. I'm the sole supporter of my children but I'm still working I'm still making the bills I'm still functioning um, you know still being the mom and everything so my dad gets my kids and um, then I get out of jail where in Arkansas I didn't get out of jail this time I was in jail for it seemed like a long time but this time I was so drunk, they throwed me in the drunk tank 
for like 10 hours or something. And then they made me dress out and get in the real jail. And um, then my dad was on the outside trying to get me out and I was on the inside trying to get out, but they wouldn't let me out. Yeah. And then the, I'm like, uh, I, I got kids. I need out of jail to take care of my kids, you know? And finally they let me go. My dad bailed me out, I think $200 bail. And then they said, I can't drive. And I'm like, I have to drive. I have kids. I mean, that's where my thought was. My thinking was just mm -hmm. crazy insane. And so I kept driving. I got arrested for uh, revoked driving, revo driving on revoked. Mm -hmm. And um, then, so I'm sitting here at night and I'm thinking, this is crazy. This is, again, I'm thinking, this is a crazy life. I mean, how'd I get here? What are, you know? I, I got to get out of here, but I didn't know what, how to do it. And so I'm thinking, well, I better go to AA because the, co the cops are going to send me to AA. The judge is going to force me to AA anyway. Yeah. And I only knew about AA because my birth mom who left, they said she was in AA. Well, it kind of looked crazy. Her AA looked kind of crazy to me, but I was like, okay, I'm going to go have my own experience. So I started into AA and, um, so just pause for a second. At this point, did you believe that you had a problem? No. Nope. 13 times arrested um, in Iraq, in barroom brawls, packing a gun. I was not an alcoholic. <laughs> that, it's, it's, it's insane. It's a mental condition. My brother only drank alcohol all day long. My ex-husband only drank alcohol all day long. They stayed drunk, intoxicated all the time, could not function. That wasn't me. I went to work. I had my own company in the daytime. I went to work. I never drank. Mm -hmm. I would go to the bar where I worked. Then I would start drinking. I would drink till 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, go home, literally pass out. I'd be up in time to get my kids up off to school and go to work. I'd come home, make dinner. Uh, clean my house, pay my bills, and then go to the bar. I had a living babysitter. Uh, this lady only made three twenty a month, so I moved her in with me. I said, if you babysit my kids, help me cook and clean, then I'll, I'll just support you. Mm -hmm. So I supported her. I was making very good money um, between the bar and my daytime job and um, had 10 cars in the yard you know, had a nice place and my kids had everything they needed. They were well taken care of. So there, I didn't think I was an alcoholic because that's what I thought an alcoholic was, is my brother and my husband or the drunk under the bridge in a paper bag. Yeah. You know, a bottle in a bag, bumming money. That's mm -hmm. what I thought an alcoholic was. And so when I started into AA, you know, I heard stuff about God, and I was like, mm. I, I knew there was a God, but I didn't think God wanted anything to do with me because I didn't think he would approve the way I was living. And um, so they kept saying, you got to get a higher power. You got to get something more powerful than you. But I remember the night that I couldn't get out of jail. I kept thinking back to that night going, 
you know, if there was a God, why didn't he get me out of jail? You know, or I'd say, but I remember thinking, if something's more powerful than me, because at this point, I'm so sick, nothing's more powerful than me. I'm the most powerful person in the world. I'm a woman packing a gun that can beat anybody up. That's powerful, right? So, um, they just kept saying that. So, I tried to not drink. And so, I'd go like 18 days trying it the AA way. And I'm like, you know, something had happened. Like, okay, the school called. My daughter wasn't in school, so I'm going to jail. Well, I had to get drunk. So, then we go to court. And there's where I seen my ex-old man. They invited him to court. I didn't even know. And the judge is like, we're putting you in jail. And I'm like, put him in jail. You know, I said, I'm sitting here raising the kids, supporting them by myself. He ain't doing nothing but drinking. Put him in jail. And the judge is just like, so, um, wait, I got to back up. So, in AA, mm -hmm. um, you know, people's coming up to me. And this one guy's like, I can't, you can, and I think I'll let him. I'm like, what kind of language is that? I don't understand that. And so then this other lawyer come or this other guy comes up to me and he goes, "Are you in any kind of legal trouble?" And I'm like, a little bit, wasn't <laughs> a lot. And he's like, um, "Do you need a lawyer?" And I'm like, "Probably. I don't know. I don't care at this point." Yeah. And um, then I go to court and the judge says I'm going to go to jail and I'm like, "I can't go to jail. I have kids." He goes, so does everybody else in jail. And so I go back to AA and I tell this guy, I say, hey, how much money would it cost me to hire you to do whatever? I didn't even know how much trouble I was in. I had no idea. And he's like, what do you do for a living? And I said, I clean houses. He's like, how about if you clean my house? He had a three-story mansion. And he's like, what about if you clean my house and I'll you know, deal with your legal problems. So I'm like, okay, it's a deal. So I go shop at his house three times a week, clean his top to bottom house. He shows up with me always at court. And so um, then, I, you know, I'm like, I say to him, he's a recovering alcoholic too. So he's like, so are you gonna get this thing? And I go, how the hell do you stay sober? You know, because this guy's got many years of sobriety. And I was like, he's like, just don't drink and come to meetings even if your ass falls off. And I was like, I didn't understand that either. But I said, I'm trying not to drink. And so then he's like, and then, you know, something like my kids, I, I go to work and my kid and I get called at work and then they're going to put my, put me in jail because my daughter's not going to school. Well, I'm, Abby, I'm sending her to work. I mean, to school. But she's not getting on a bus. She's cruising around Bentonville. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, then I moved to a dry county so I wouldn't drink. So then I found Tony C's, which is bar. And so I would get like 22 days and some, you know, cop would call my house and, and I just broke out and drunk. And then I'd go back to AA and I was like, how do you guys stay sober? And they're like, Abby. And they're like, um, just don't drink if your ass falls off. And 
then um, so one night in AA I heard uh, this lady say she said um, well there was enough alcohol in the world for me I moved to a dry county um, by now my kids are teenagers so they get a driver's license so they can drive me around and so then um, I uh, so they're driving me to work and driving me everywhere and, and so I'm going to court and this lawyer is doing amazing and I thought I would clean his house forever and then um, so I get a call I got to go to court because my daughter is not going to school and the school's going to take me to court and then um, so I call up my lawyer and he's like I don't handle that kind of stuff and so then when I went to court and I'm supposed to they're going to sentence me about it and then the judge says I'm going to give you a $10,000 fine and 10 years in jail well then their dad walks in and so I said to the judge I said look I'm trying to get sober and I'm doing everything I can and I'm working and I got to pay a lot of money to fines and I'm working two jobs and I'm taking care of the kids by myself with no child support from him so put him in jail and then the judge goes um, I'm gonna give your lawyer pro bono well this lawyer's wife was an Al-Anon which is a family uh, friends and family of alcoholics so she didn't like me and so then um, the judge goes you be her lawyer so she's got to be my lawyer <laughs> she don't like me and she's the lawyer over the school only part mm -hmm. and so um, I didn't get a good education because I was raising my siblings and so then the I heard there was this homeschool and so I said well I'm gonna homeschool my kids and she goes you can't do that you only got a third grade education and I was like you're my lawyer and everything's confidential and you can't tell the judge I only got a th third grade education and this is the curriculum I'm gonna use and my youngest daughter was a genius so she lays out all the curriculum that I'm gonna use in my school and so I think it's physical so I bring a bunch of books to court and I brought the Bible because my daughter got through out of school because she carried a Bible and so um, and because she wouldn't go to school because they wouldn't let her carry her Bible and so um, the lawyer go, told me to sit in the hallway and then she goes in there and she comes out and she's like there screw up your kids if you want you can homeschool you're not in trouble so by the grace of God I got all that one but I still didn't understand God God was working all over town for me but I didn't know it and then so this lawyer I'm like why am I still getting in trouble and he goes how many how long did you drink and I said six years and he goes so then you probably got about 18 years of trouble to get out of and I, I didn't understand that and I was like but I'm being good I'm trying to not drink and people are making me drink that's what I thought at that time so he's like just don't drink and so I okay. go to court and then he said don't give Arkansas your Missouri driver's license I still had my physical driver's license 
And so the judge kept saying, we're going to take your driver's license. And I was like, I don't give a flip. And I throw my driver's license in the judge's face. And my lawyer's like, I'm doing all I can to help you, but you're not helping yourself. And so, and then he's like, well, I think we need to put your attitude in jail for about five years. And that, and I said, I can't go to jail. I, nobody can take care of my kids. Thinking nobody can take care of my kids. You know, that's insane. So then, um, um, so I go back to AA and I'm honestly trying to listen to these people. But now I'm getting mad because I dealt with a lot of anger, a lot of anger from my childhood, mm -hmm. a lot of anger from my marriage, a lot of anger from being beat, mm -hmm. um, a lot of, a lot of resentment from having to raise my kids by myself with no help from their dad, no money, no, you know. I was doing it all myself, juggling the whole world while raising billions of kids and my own children, you know, and I'm thinking I'm getting buried by life and I want to really kick its butt, but I don't know how. So I'm like, somehow, and everybody's, my family's like, well, use your willpower. Well, I'm here to tell you today, willpower cannot get you sober because I tried. So I hear this. NAA says, pray to a higher power to keep you sober just today. And I was thinking, what the hell? I got the whole world to look at, the whole, my whole life in front of me, and they want me to pay attention to today. And I didn't understand that. Well, then the state of Arkansas sentenced me to counseling, which I greatly needed. And so when I go to counseling, the guy's like, just pay attention to right here, right now. I was thinking, because I mean, I was looking at a big life, a whole world of pictures. Mm -hmm. I'm responsible for these two children, don't have a clue about me and the whole world. And so far the world gave me a lot of shitty crap and pain. Yeah. So, I mean, I was like, I don't want no more of this. So now what? So then I go back to AA meeting and I heard, just get down on your knees and pray to something more powerful than you. Still thinking, is there something more powerful than me? And I was like, okay, what I'm doing ain't working. I've got to do something different. I said, you know, the state's about to take my children. That was my world. And, you know, I, they're all blaming it on me and I got to do something different. So... Honestly, I looked at it like I'm doing my dangness to stay sober and still getting shit. the world is, shit. you know, that's where I was thinking. Yeah. So I was like, okay, maybe I can use willpower and try a little harder, <laughs> but all the trying in the world, you know, then my ex-boyfriend shows up at my house on his birthday with a case of beer. So now I'm mad. I'm mad again. And. You know, I just got my license took. I'm going to go to jail. So I'm like, F it. Let's get drunk. So I grabbed a beer and I chugged it. And I was thinking, this is freaking stupid. This is how I got here. And so I threw the beer in the sink and kicked him out. And I was like, this is going to be the day that I don't drink no more. And so I go. So then um, I put my kids to bed it was about 10 o'clock so then about uh, 11 o'clock um, 
I start hearing these noises. Well, alcohol is a depressant and it also makes you paranoid. It's weird. So I start hearing these noises. Well, I only drank one beer and I, before that it was like 22 days since I drank. Mm -hmm. So I was like, it can't be the beer. What the heck is it? And so what, uh, what, what I looked at it like is there was noise, but there was no reason for the noise and stuff like that. So I, I was trying to get the spiritual program. So I thought, this has got to be the devil. I'm fighting the devil because the devil's going to lose my soul and God's going to get it. So I was like, this is the devil. Okay. So now I got to kick alcohol's butt and the devil's butt. You know? So yeah. I'm like, um, so I, uh, about a half an hour before that point, I was thinking back, what did I just do? So I went into my bedroom and um, I got down on my knees and I was like, God, or whatever you are of the universe, if you're more powerful than me, keep me sober. And, um, you know, whatever's out there. Because where I was, was I was at the end of my ropes. You know, I, I was a slave to alcohol it had power over me, and I didn't want that. So I was like, if it has power over me, maybe something else can have power over me, but I got to get out of myself. Mm -hmm. What I really did was surrender, just stop fighting, but I didn't know it at that time. So then here comes the devil, and I look, I look out. Uh, so at 11 o'clock, weird stuff started happening, and so now I'm screaming in my house like a crazy lady. I'm like get out of here, I don't need you, devil, and, you know, <laughs> freaking out, and um, then that was about till 7 o'clock, it was about daybreak, and I look out the window, and I see a cross out the window, and it's like, I lived here six months and never seen that cross right across the street, so I was like, okay, so uh, I w w walked in my oldest daughter's bedroom, um, she's 13 and she's drawing, uh, she's drawing, um, pencil sketches of the devil. Whoa. So I was like, okay, the devil's got my kid, so I gotta save her. So I walk over to that church and I ask, still insane, I ask a preacher to go in my daughter's bedroom, 13 years old, to save her. And he's like, well, my insurance won't even let me do that. You know, and he's just freaking out. And I was thinking, yeah, that's kind of insane. But what really happened after three hours of this preacher talking to me, I got saved. So my daughter's mad at me. She's like, don't shove God down my throat and everything. But I'm trying to learn about God. Mm -hmm. I agree to go to church for the first time in my life. So then I go back to AA. And I stand up and I'm like, I'm thinking... I've tried everything else. Who gives a crap? So I'm like, I stand up and I'm like, I'm an effing alcoholic. And everybody claps. I'm like, what the hell? And because I've been sitting on the back row not talking forever. Mm -hmm. And so um, they're like, now you're getting somewhere. And I'm thinking, whatever. I still don't believe I'm an alcoholic. Still don't believe it. And so I, I, uh, this little old lady, come, little young lady comes up to me and she's like, I'm going to be your sponsor. I'm like, what the hell's a sponsor? 
She goes, I'm going to tell you what to do, and you're going to do it. And I'm like, the hell if I am. And so <laughs> then she's like, uh, well, go home and read your book. And I said, I can't read. She goes, for real? And I go, I can't read. I don't have an education. And so she gives me a big book and never seen before in my life. It's called Alcoholics Anonymous. Uh, and so I open it up, and there's words i never seen in my life. I was like, well, I'm going to die because I can't read this book. And, she, and so I go home, and she sneaks to my house because I was so freaking mean. Nobody even wanted to talk to me. She puts a dictionary in my book in my door before I wake up. And she's like, I was like, what the hell? I can't read. What's a dictionary going to do? So my daughter's like, Mom, I'll help you. My genius daughter again, who is now an alcoholic. So she says, um, well, just sound these words out, you know, in the dictionary, and then I'll read you what they mean. So we did that, and it was like 48 hours. Somebody throws a newspaper at my door, and I'm just reading it. Like I never, you know, I was just like thirsty, like, oh my God. I'm reading I'm reading everything well that I knew was God because I just opened my heart and wanted this so bad because I knew I had to read to be able to get sober or I thought mm -hmm. so then so I'm reading everything and like a kid in a candy store I'm just like well yay look at me I'm reading you know well that was God doing for me what I couldn't do for myself so I'm reading these words I have no idea what the heck they are in this book so then I'm doing what these people say in AA. They're like, just take the first step. Well, this old man that kept coming in my face going, I can, he can, I think I'll let him. I said, what? Explain to me why you keep saying that to me. He's like, I can't. Can you stay sober by yourself? I go, no. He goes, he can. God can keep you sober every day. He goes, surrender and let him. I was like, oh, that's simple. So they're saying things like one day at a time. And I'm like, who lives one day at a time? You know, and they're saying things like this. And I'm like, I don't know this stuff. So just learn it, you know. So then I uh, start working the steps, you know, and start doing this work. Mm -hmm. and cleaning up the wreckage of my past because it's going to kick my butt if I don't. So then, so I'm doing all these steps and going to meetings and everything and then I'm working with my dad on a roof one day, and I go, I got to go to a meeting. And my dad's like, my dad didn't believe in any of this. And he said, first you use drinking as a crutch, now you're going to meetings as a crutch? And I said, I'll be back in one hour. So I go to a meeting. So about two years into counseling and two years into AA, I go to my dad, who don't believe in anything, and says, Dad, remember all them times they say, I need counseling? Now is counseling doing me good? Now look at my life. Now is AA good? And he's like, it's changing you and it's working for you. He said, keep going. And two years later, my dad asked me about God. He goes, how do you talk to God? I said, God will take care of you. God is your father. God runs my life. This little old lady called me her miracle. And I was like, I don't feel like a miracle. And she said, you're a miracle. You are a miracle. Well, then seven years into it, I'm into this church 
and they asked me to teach their children. That's a miracle. I'm like, they know I came from jail, you know, mm -hmm. and they know, you know, I've been totally honest with my whole life, and I'm thinking, God took a drunk out of jail and made him a, made her a teacher of children. That's a miracle. So it's kind of like all I had to do is be willing and take that first step, and then God took the next 99 and paved the way for my whole life, you know. Yeah. And then I got a whole different way of life just because I was willing to go to AA mm -hmm. to try something different, you know. And then I took one of them 24-hour trips, and I thought that was magic because um, then I didn't drink again, you know. Yeah. And And then... I just kept going to AA, kept helping others. I could help others forever and not get the blessings that I got out of AA, but all I do is what I'm showed. You know, a girl needed a book today, I bought her a book. You know, they bought me a book when I got there. They helped me out. It's a we program. We can't stay sober by ourselves. Yeah. God can keep us sober and we all do it together. So that's what the AA program is. And we're all miracles. We're all walking miracles. Mm -hmm. You know, our disease is still there doing push-ups. It's patient. It's still waiting for us to pick up that first drink. Yeah. It would be off and running if I ever picked up that first drink, you know. But here's 28 years later, you know, I still don't drink. One day at a time, I don't drink. I just don't drink, you know. Yeah. Still, God keeps me sober. Still, God, you know, shows me... A new way of life you know now I've been 20 years in unity and it's a spiritual a spiritual path you know I started out in a Baptist church getting screamed at and spit on mm -hmm. by this preacher who was shoving his mad God down my throat and moved away from there my sponsor invited me to her church and I went to her church about 20 some odd years ago and felt the love just like AA I feel the love, I feel the people, we are all the same kind of people. Well, another thing I learned in AA, when I was reading that book and studying that book, I got me a speaker's meeting, a book study, and a, a decision, a discussion meeting. We discuss what we're going through, what we're going to do about it, like how, how it was, how it uh, is, what happened and how it is now. Mm -hmm. So I seen in that book, there's stages of alcoholism. So the stage I was in where I was burning alive was a functioning alcoholic. I didn't, I, I got off the elevator before I got to the chronic alcoholic who's dying, who still can get sober. It happens all the time. Now, as hard as I had to, I'd hate to have to go down more, but, and, Another thing is just because I'm sober don't mean my disease ain't doing push-ups waiting for me to come back to it. Mm -hmm. It ain't, don't mean that the devil don't want to wake me up and take me over again. But I look at it like it was in my genes. It was bound to happen. Thank God I only stayed there for six years. I got in enough trouble to get the heck out of there. Yeah. You know, and then, um, so, uh, you know, and my my brother and my, my ex-husband, still drunk today, how they're not dead, I don't know. But then in the book, it tells like alcoholic one, alcoholic two, alcoholic three, alcoholic four. That's the stages of alcoholism. And um, then 
<clears throat> some reason it hits women way faster than guys. So my mom drank for six years and she lost one of her kidneys and they took half of her liver. She drank half of her liver away. And um, her experience with AA is not my experience. We all have our own paths to recovery. Yeah. And she's 48 years in the program now, but she's not drinking. So that's good. Yeah. But I choose a spiritual path where AA is a spiritual program for me. And so is my church spiritual. So instead of trying to make everything different and difficult, it all runs the same. God knows where I'm going. And then 13 years ago, I was having a lot of problems with my family because they're drunks and drug addicts. Mm -hmm. So I started in Al-Anon. And Al-Anon has served me well with other people. So I say, I went to AA for me. I go to Al-Anon to live in the world. Do you still have days where do you feel like drinking? No. Some people do, but the reason I don't is because I remember that 28 hours in Benton County. I remember a lot of things I put myself through. Mm -hmm. um, and um, now I look at it like I was sick and insane. And now I, I have sane thinking. And... Yeah. And I live one day at a time, you know, then I was looking at, oh my God, you know, when my kids was teenagers, I thought either I'm going to kill them or they're going to kill me. You know, it, it was too hard. I was making it difficult mm -hmm. in my insane thinking. Today I have sane thinking where I'm like, it's okay. And I got tools of the program. This too shall pass. Nothing stays the same. Yeah. Time tells everything. I learned a lot in AA and Al-Anon where I have tools now that I can use. In the beginning, you know, yeah, I dreamed of alcohol and I would uh, have nightmares about being in the bar, thinking I was drinking again and stuff like that. But as I put more 24 hours ahead of me than, than that, you know, probably the first 90 days was a great big struggle. Yeah. And the first three years was very difficult. But after that, I was like, you know, now I'm two things, I think. Thank God I drank because it got me where I'm at. And what the heck was I thinking? Living a life like that because that's where I came from. So, and I tell people, you know, you raise above your, raise above your, uh, if you don't like your life and your childhood, raise above it. Mm -hmm. You can, you can do better, you know. And actually, the world is just, you can do whatever the heck you want, you know? Yeah. I mean, and I get up, I do my readings. Is This is how I run my 24-hour program. I get up, I do my readings, I pray to God. Some days I still say, God, keep me sober today. Because I know he's got that power. Left to my own device, I don't. I still don't have the power to stay sober. Um, it's real simple. Don't, don't take the first drink. The first drink is what gets you drunk. Yeah. You know, cause once we take a drink, we can't stop. And then we end up in jail and wonder how we got there, yeah. you know? And another thing <clears throat> that I learned was, um, uh, you know, 
don't take everything so dang serious. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, this tool change. Everything changes. You know, don't take everything so serious. You know, just. And sometimes you don't even have to do something. I was a doer. I thought I had to do something about everything. I don't have to do nothing most of the time. My problems are iron out. You know, I just. Um, and then at night when I go to bed, is there anybody I've harmed today? Is there anything I've done wrong today? How did I live today? And, you know, through the day, is there another alcoholic I can help or even another person? Yeah. Is, can I do something for someone else? You know, when I try to get, if I get so much in myself, I get out of myself, mm-hmm. you know, because God already helped me. So I get to help others. And, you know, that's the way AA works, but that's really the way the world works, you know, because unity is we're all the same. Mm-hmm. I'm no better than that drunk under the bridge with no money and no house. Yeah, neither of us. I mean, uh, Sam Walton's kids ain't no better than me. You know, I mean, yeah. it's just like we're all God's children. That's the way I believe. I just had to change my thinking, change my life. Yeah. You know, it's, it's and keep it simple. I mean, we got a saying in Al-Anon, keep it simple, stupid. You don't have to be, because an alcoholic's mind will analyze stuff to death, you mm-hmm. know. But I notice if I get, you know, agitated or upset or something, it's me. I got 50% of anything, you know. Yeah. And if, if that don't work, I can change my way to look at it. It's not what I, what happens. It's what I think about what happens. Because that alcoholism is still in there. Mm-hmm. It's still there. I mean, there's a lot of difference between a practicing alcoholic and a recovering yeah. alcoholic. And all I got to do is one day at a time choose to stay a recovering alcoholic. Mm-hmm. You know, and then there's some people, for whatever reason they think, they get 20, 30 years and they pick up the drink and they're gone again, mm-hmm. you know. And as hard as I, the hardest time I had to get sober, I do not want to go through that again. Yeah. You know, and I know I'd be gone in a minute. I, I've I've had friends that's picked up a drink and they're gone and dead in 24 hours. And it's like, ah, yeah, that's not a good choice. And I know what I've seen with addiction is that if you've been clean for a while, that's just going to make it that much worse if you do take that first step. You're going to go farther than you would have otherwise, probably. Yeah. And that's why it kills people. Yeah. It's a it's a deadly disease. And way back, you know, when I started, there was only two meetings in town. You know, now there's meetings all over. In fact, I started a meeting right here in Bentonville. And there's meetings all over now, and there's chips for every month. There wasn't even that many chips or anything. And I always say, you know, today I got the problem of I don't want a pat on the back. I don't want to feed my pride. You know, if somebody says, well, you did so great. No, I didn't. God did, you know. Mm-hmm. And I just give him everything. In fact, my sponsor's like, you got to take some credit for something. No, that's his, you know. God pulled me out of the pits of hell and set me on a path. And this is, I'm, I belong to him. I'm his miracle, you know. And I wake up some mornings, I'm like, God, put someone in my path I can help today. Yeah. 
you know, what is it that you want me to do today? Your will, not mine, be done. I say all them prayers, and I read Jesus calling, you know. Mm -hmm. It's a little message that gets in my head and starts off my day. <clears throat> and I can go through crazy things like my work, you know. Uh, okay, this is just eight hours, you know. It's not forever, yeah. you know. So I can kind of go through whatever it is, you know. And I, I even give myself little messages at work, like right here, right now, you know. If something around me is getting crazy, I can be in a spirit of peace in the midst of crazy. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes the world gets crazy. The pandemic gets crazy, you know. Oh, yeah. And so I'm just like, I'm in the world, but not of the world, you know. So God could pull me right out of there and set me on another path, you know. So I, you know, say, like, I break out in songs at work when something is getting in my head too much, I'll, I'll just go, you know, I'll just go, uh, just another manic Monday, you know, to get my head on another path. Yeah. You know, I just, cause it, cause I learned this, my head was doing the same thing. It's like playing a tape over and over and over again. There was a trauma that happened in my life after I'd gotten sober and my head just kept playing and I got so tired of my head. Cause you can't think yourself out of stuff. Yeah. Believe me, I've tried. Yeah. So my head's just going over and over and it's killing my loved ones, you know, and, and, <clears throat> you know, one of my loved ones are dying and my head's just playing this tape like I'm responsible and I got to do something and, oh my God, I got to save their life and everything. And I just woke up one morning and I'd had it. I'd had it. I was like, brain, stop. And I just screamed. I was like, good morning, God. You know, like the guy does, good morning, Vietnam. Yeah. I thought about that and I was like, good morning, God. And it just stopped and it was still. And it's like, wow, that works. So I do that sometimes. Mm -hmm. Have you ever heard the term thought stopping in your counseling? Thought stopping? Yeah. That's basically what that is. One thing that people do for thought stopping is you'll probably, you've probably seen somebody with this. They'll have like a rubber band around their mm -hmm. wrist and they'll just snap it. Snap it. Yeah. yeah. And it'll thought. Yeah. That's yeah. basically the same thing. Yeah. Because I mean, our minds ain't that much different than any minds. You know, we have yeah. like, what is it? A hundred thousand thoughts a day. Everybody does. Yeah. But we're sensitive people. We take everything to the extreme and personal, you know, and, um, I met this guy that shot people in the bar for thinking he knew what they was thinking. I was like, wow, he takes lives because he knows what they're thinking. And, you know, and I started in, you know, I learned some stuff in counseling, like, like, like the craziest thing, place in the world to go is in someone else's thinking because there's no way we can know what other people's thinking. Yeah. You know, that's crazy. And, you know, then our, on our, the friends that I travel together with, you know, we don't all go crazy at the same day. So we can pull each other out crazy, you know. Uh, so I, I tell on myself, you know, this is what my head's thinking. Well, that's crazy, you know. So we help each other think differently, mm -hmm. you know. Well, don't think that, you know, or something like that, you mm -hmm. know. I mean, way back when nobody could tell me what to do, now I have a spiritual preacher tells me what to do. I have uh, uh, Al-Anon sponsor, an AA sponsor, you know. I get guidance from a lot of 
spiritual people today, you know, and mostly God. God runs my life, you know. God puts thoughts in my head. He puts happiness in my heart, you know, and, um, you know, and if I have a bad day today, I got, I got another chance tomorrow. Yeah. When I was self-employed, I used to run home and regroup, you know, I'd go, let's read some stuff and get out of my head because my head is a problem. You know, it's not everything that's a problem. Yeah. But then in Al-Anon, it teaches you 50% is my problem. You know, I can have somebody sitting here going postal on me in my face. It's not my problem until I open my mouth. It's mm -hmm. their problem. And I just think, do you know how stupid you look? <laughs> you know, that's their behavior. I don't have to take it on. I don't even, I even learned how to not argue with someone. Yeah. I refuse to argue. People, you know, want to put their crap on you. Mm -hmm. And I learned in, when I was learning AA or Al-Anon, I was like, put a pet piece of plexiglass here, you know, your, your crap can't spill on me if there's a piece of plexiglass yeah. here, you know. Takes so, two people to have an argument. Yeah. You know, it was all I do is I just don't participate, you know. Yeah. I had a very argumental brother that I took care of a lot and he was always trying to argue. And it just, it just throwed him in a whole nother dimension because I would not argue with him. And he would just scream, sis, you know I'm right. You gotta think the way I do when I was thinking. But I start thinking, I can think different. I can kind of like control my thinking mm -hmm. most days. So I'm just like, you know, he'll pick something to argue with me about, like my kids. Yeah. That's a hook. So I gotta say, I don't care what he thinks. Yeah. Or I gotta go, not today, you know, or have a nice day, you know. And then I just like, you know, I even can tell myself that is one sick mofo, you know. Yeah. I just kind of use my thoughts and my and tell my own self something or say something, because if and I've noticed. So when I first go there, it's easier to get out of there, mm -hmm. but if I get mad and feed into it, the longer I'm there, the more, the it's like jumping, like testing the water. If you just stick your toe in it, you're okay. But if you dive in that, then you're sunk. Yeah. And you know, that's why in the, the night, I do my 11th step going, where, you know, did I harm anybody today? Do I owe anybody an amends? And I'm quick to say I'm wrong. I'm quick to make amends where I need to. Mm -hmm. The hardest thing I have to do today is with my children because the other humanoids don't matter. You know, I choose to have a relationship with my children mm -hmm. and they are sick. <laughs> you know, they're not in recovery. So I, that's mostly what I say to myself. You know, yeah. I'm grateful, I'm blessed and I'm recovered. Because yeah. not everybody is. But today, what I like is there is literally thousands of alcoholics recovered. It's like spreading like the pandemic. Yeah. It's awesome. There's all sorts of meetings. Mm -hmm. I mean, now we go online, you know, we get meetings all the time. I could be in Hawaii in a meeting. Yeah. You know, it's just like awesome. The, the internet's took it to a whole new yeah. level. And now, you know, drug addicts, it's coming. You yeah. know, where 
like about 12 years ago, they didn't even have an NA meeting. You know, now they have NA meetings and now people's getting clean mm -hmm. uh, and they're recovering and their life is getting awesome and everything, you know. Yeah. And I, I just kind of look at it like, like, you know, life, I believe, has two paths. And everybody don't believe the way I believe and it's okay the way they believe. But I believe I was on a slow train to hell. And I jumped off that train. Mm -hmm. And now I'm on a fast plane to heaven. So I took a, like, this was a low road, and now I'm on the high road. And I don't know where God's taking me tomorrow, but he's doing great today. So as long as I stay out of my own way and let God do his work through me, mm -hmm. you know, tomorrow's going to be great. So. So uh, earlier when you were trying to quit, alcohol what did you do when the desire to use came um cup the first couple of years that i got sober i there's a lot of blank spots in that i don't remember but uh i didn't know that i had tools in aa and that there was 230 promises in the book mm -hmm. you know god put two sick alcoholics together to write the story Back in 35, 1935, he put two alcoholics in a hospital room to write the program. Yeah. And he knew it's going to help millions later, you know, but I didn't know to pick up the phone. I didn't know all that stuff. I had to learn all that. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes I would sit there in my uh, house and just, it felt like I was, I was so mad I would bite it. I, I could bite a nail in half. And I didn't know where that anger was coming from. I had no idea what to do with it, mm -hmm. you know. And in the program, I learned, you know, God gives you feelings. God gives you anger for a reason. God yeah. gives you sadness. God gives you happiness, you know. He gives you all these, but we got to figure out what to do with them. Mm -hmm. Is there a point to anger? I was so mad, you know. Yeah. I was lashing out at other people, poor souls, you know. Mm-hmm. I was just like, and now I see somebody angry and I just pray for him. I'm like, wow. But I didn't know what to do. Yeah. So it would be building up day by day by day. And, you know, 22 days I'd had it. So I just went out and got drunk. Mm -hmm. And I was like, damn it. You know, I, you know, sorrow and re remorse and all this set in. I was like, man, I was, I had 22 days, you know. And I tell people today, some people think you just walk through the door and magically get sober. It does not work that way. It's a process. Yeah. You know, and that little old lady that kept saying I was a miracle, she goes, she died, passed away sober. A lot of my friends have died sober. <clears throat> and she passed away and on her deathbed when I went and seen her, she goes, now do you believe you're a miracle? She knew I was sick and everything and she knew I was a miracle but I didn't yeah yeah so it's really hard to see things from an outsider's perspective yeah and I, I I honestly didn't know what to do so I was doing my best you know and and I was getting mad at myself because I get 22 days or 18 days or mm -hmm. you know and I was like why can't I get this you know 
Because, back again, my thinking was I'm the most powerful thing. But when I realized this 12-ounce can of beer was more powerful than me, I don't think I had as much time believing that God did love me, that God wanted a relationship with me, that he was more powerful than me. But I just, I mean, I didn't look at my world as a lost sinner, I guess you could say, Drinking cans of poison, because that's what it was to me. Yeah. I mean, I was like, my head was in a fog, and I just, everybody did everything to me. Poor me, I was a victim, you know, and 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 it was just like my perspective of life was crap, because I'd gotten crap. Mm -hmm. That's what life was to me, it was one big crap, you know. Yeah. And, and, uh. But, you know, I'm not a victim today. And today I'm a miracle. And, you know, nobody can do anything to me. You know, I mean, yeah. I, I do stuff to myself. Yeah. You know? And I learn along the way. Yeah. You know, and God is more powerful than me. You know, God made the world. God made our bodies so awesome. I mean, a person can drink their liver beyond, I mean, just like into a green mess and if they stop drinking it heals i mean i didn't drink hard liquor so probably so i didn't hurt my body drinking but my head was just like insane crazy yeah in this short amount of time you know because i mean i know when i went to jail i thought who are they arresting me for driving drunk but today i'm thinking oh my god a drunk driver could kill Mm -hmm. You know, the worst, Yeah. you know, a drunk driver, it's like, are you kidding me? You're driving drunk? Yeah. But it, it's sad, you know, like all these people are in jail, you know, like we was just talking about. They're sick people, but their sickness made them break the law. So the cops are doing their job trying to keep everybody safe. So they got to put them in jail, you know. Yeah, I deserved uh, going to jail and no driver's license. I should have never been on the road. Thank God, and I didn't kill nobody, you know. Yeah. Or myself, or my children. I drank my, I drove my children, you yeah. know. Thank God they're alive, you know. Mm hmm And, but, yeah, drinking and driving is very dangerous. It is. And, you know, because the reaction, and what's weird is the drunk person hardly ever dies. They kill people. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. Yeah. <clears throat> And then we're in blackouts. I had a little bit of blackouts at the end. But, you know, they talk about being in blackouts, driving in blackouts, living in blackouts, being blacked out all day. What did I do yesterday? You know, it's an insane, mm -hmm. you know. And, like, I talked to my brother, and he's like, I only have two beers a day. You have four cases. That's reality. So I got this little saying, you can say anything, but it don't make it so. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> alcoholics... It's like they're living in a fog, mm -hmm. in denial. And yeah. thank God I didn't have a lot of denial. But my brother is like so in denial. He's like, and there's nobody home. I can look in his eyes until he's spiritually, we're spiritually, mentally, and physically dead. And bankrupt. And you know, people come in AA and they're like, well, I lost. You didn't lose anything. You gave it away. I heard a couple people in in uh, AA, they're like, 
You guys are brainwashing me. Hey, I needed brainwash when I got here. Please brainwash me. Yeah. Because my thinking got me in jail, you know. I want to be brainwashed. Please brainwash me. You know, I want a new way of thinking. Yeah. And that's why I like the saying, change your thought, change your thinking, change your life. Yeah. Yeah. You have to want to change, though. But right. Nobody can change you. Yeah. It's hard work. So if you don't want to change, you're not going to. Yeah. That's why I say, you know, I stepped into AA and then I swear God just opened the gates and flooded me with blessings. He took them next 90, uh, 99 steps, but I had to get right inside and I had to be willing. I had to want to live more than I wanted to die, you know, and my mm -hmm. brother's so far in denial, uh, you know, you can't get in. Yeah. And he's had a lot of hurts. That's what kept me drinking. I'm like, poor me, poor me, you know. But, you know, I can drag him to AA and I can do this and I do that. But until he, and every once in a while, he reads the Bible every day and I feel sorry for him. But I say, is anybody home? You know, and once in a while, there's a glimmer in his eye. But then, you yeah. know. So I don't know, and our these are our three choices. This is what we get. We make these choices too. Some people don't believe that. We will either sober up, get covered up, which is die, or get locked up in mental institutions and jail. Yeah. Because we get so far gone, we're in, we're in, I mean, when I started into counseling, they said I was more homicidal than I was suicidal but I was homicidal and suicidal and they're like you know if a judge wanted to lock me up I wouldn't blame him today but then I was like hey you can't lock me up yeah. you know my thinking is totally different today. yeah the thing is I think most people tend to think that they're in the right I remember somebody did a, a study where they went and talked to prisoners and did a study basically showed that everybody there for, that they talked to pretty much thought that they were in the right. God conducts this world. You know, God already knows what I'm going to be doing in 20 years. So we don't get to know why, you know, my sister got murdered. I'm like, why did she have to live that kind of life and die that death? You know, and I'm sitting here miserable, not drinking because that was a hard time where I really wanted to drink but I think I was I wasn't too much into sobriety when my yeah. brother my sister got murdered in the drug world you know and I just wanted justice but he's got some cop people that covered up he's got some people that you know my sister ain't the only one he killed so I'm like what the heck but I'm going why God why 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 until I can go why tell him crazy Mm -hmm. I don't get to know why. So, you know, when people go, why? Well, I don't know. You know, I, today I surrender every day and I, I'm small and I'm right size, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm a tool of God. Whatever he wants me to do today, that's what I'll do. You know, yeah. if I can help a neighbor out, I'll help him out or, you know, whatever God wants me to do, you know. And above all, I just wake up and ha and my footwork is go to work, pay bills. It's real simple. Go to work, pay bills. Be nice to all God's children. Yeah. Which is hard sometimes, but, you know, I mean, and 
you know, it's just like, it's like, I don't know why, why I call them humanoids, you know, some human people do just like bad things. I don't know why they do, you know, why they're like that. You know, like when I search back in my family history, you know, back in the 30s, it was okay to beat a kid bloody. Go take them to the woodshed. That's what they deserve. Really? Today they call it child abuse. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of things was happening back then, but now that we've brought the light into stuff, you know. Yeah. Like say a, a sex offender, you know. A girl could get mad at her boyfriend and go, he raped me. Well, he's going to get arrested and he's going to become a sex offender. The next 13 years of his life is going to be living hell. But he's innocent. Does she get anything for lying? What happens to her? You know, like when mm -hmm. my sister got murdered, I'm like, he's going to the pen. My brother says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. And I'm like, you know, I wasn't okay with that. I, I was there in 12 and a half hours. The only reason I didn't kill him is because I wouldn't be any better than him. I was like, okay, he did this crime. Don't make me want to. He is a child of God. You mm -hmm. know, so instantly God came to my head. Does he deserve to die? Probably. But am I God? No. <laughs> Do I want blood on my hands when I see my maker? No. So I'm only responsible for my behavior. I'm not going to commit a crime because he committed a crime. That's stupid to me. Yeah. You know, so I don't know. I've been watching the dude and he goes through living heck, but he's still committing crimes and somewhere, some, you know, and that's why I said, you know, people act like lives are dispensable now. Like they can just take another life. I'm like, that's a human being, yeah. you know, but I'm not them. And I don't know what's going to happen to them when they go meet their maker. You know, that's not my business today. Yeah. My business is I want my hands clean when I meet my maker. Yeah. You know, and I want, <clears throat> you know, God keeps me sober. God is love. God is good. And I am a vessel of him. So that's what I do today. I, I, you know, and someday maybe my father will be proud of me. My father in heaven, you know, uh, you know, I mean, my dad, you know, did the best he could, and he was raised this way, so they raised their kids, and it's a generational thing, you know, there's alcoholism four generations back, that's how far back I could go. Yeah. You know, yeah, they beat their children, and their children, and they beat their children. Back in the old days, they had 10, 12 kids so they could work them on the farm. And if she wasn't good, you'd go get a switch and get beat. So good things are changed and bad things are changing. Yeah. I I think that people tend to see society as, oh, society's getting better or society's getting worse. I don't think so. It's just a big cycle. Yeah. And history does repeat itself. Yeah. Know? And, you know, just like now, you know, you see on the news, this little boy hit this girl on the butt. And now he's a sex offender and he's eight years old. That's crazy. But, and my sponsor taught me, you know, you can title anything good and bad. Are you right? Who knows? Yeah. <clears throat> but I always say I'm not the judge. <laughs> yeah. You know, 
And I got to see that judge that mm-hmm. sentenced me seven years later. I was standing in line, and and this wasn't for him. It was for me. You know, he called me a bad mother and all this, and I was trash. You know, that's the way he acted, and he treated me. Mm-hmm. And I went up to him, and I said, thank you for treating me like that because that got me sober. You know, was he right? Was he wrong? I don't know. Yeah. I just thank God he didn't put me in prison, but if I was going to prison, maybe I was helping people in prison, you know? Mm-hmm. It don't matter where I am. God could use me no matter what, you know? Thank yeah. God I didn't go to prison. I would have, I mean, 28 or whatever hours I was in jail, that was enough for me. I was yeah. just like, I'm taking another detour, you know? I mean, all them people I used to beat up in the bar, I want to make amends to them. But if I'm supposed to, because I don't know in their part, they might shoot me or something, you know, I don't know. Yeah. So, you know, God knows all. So I'm supposed to make amends to them because I'm willing. I mean, there's lots of different amends, graveyard amends, spot check amends, you know. All I got to do is if I go outside and I throw a fit, I come back in my house. I know I'm in the wrong. I got to go find that person making amends. That's now mm-hmm. amends, you know. Yeah. If I have a problem with somebody that's dead, I can go to their grave because I got to clean up the wreckage of my past and then go through my childhood to live right today. I can go to that grave and make an amends because I realized this with my mom who left me. I didn't have to contact her. Me, God, another human being, and I got right. I got right. I was holding a grudge from her. But then I can look at it like this. Hey, I didn't have a mom to tell me what to do. Or I can look at it like, dang, I was the mom. I didn't even have a childhood. It's not what happens. It's how we think about what happens. Yeah. And just like I kind of can rewrite history, you know. I can go back as the spiritual being I am today, who I know God loves me. He's my father. Look back at that through my eyes today. You know, my dad did what he did because that happened to him. You know, my mom did what she did. I don't have to understand it. It's not my path. Mm -hmm. You know, I just got to pay attention to what am I doing and go forth. Yeah. You know, I, through thick and thin and sickness, I took care of my kids. You know, I did my part. And I think that was even more stronger because my mom left me. I was bound and determined. I was not leaving my kids. And I raised my kids. Yeah. You know, so it's kind of like, you know, I don't know why my sister died, but God does. I don't know why my mom left, but God does. You know, that's their stuff with them where all I got is my path with mm-hmm. God. And, you know, I don't know. I mean, he might, 10 years from now, I might be a preacher. I don't know what he's going to do with me. But <laughs> yeah. But I learned to trust him, whatever. Because usually when his will comes down, it's like, really, God? It looks crazy to me because it's not aligned with my will. And I'm like, you really want me to do this, God? You know, but I just do it. Mm-hmm. And then he just makes everything so smooth. It's like, shh, no doubt. You yeah. Know? I used to make a joke. I'm like, God's slow because I'd pray for something. <laughs> but he's uh, right on time because 
say you're moving along and you want it right here and it still ain't coming right here but God makes it come here and it's just like everything aligns just perfectly yeah you know it's, it's amazing um, so thanks for being open and vulnerable I appreciate it yep I just hope this video helps someone <laughs>